Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello, beloved, and welcome back to Vagina Talks. Once again, we are here together. I am Sophia Wise One, and I'm delighted you're here. You are precious and dear and essential, and we get to hang out via this podcast. I am here. I'm here. I'm here on the road. Uh, at this point, I am in Middletown, California, uh, which is northern of San Francisco, mm-hmm. little, little easternly, mm-hmm. little in, into the land. And I am here uh, with a very dear sister, magic, womb-knowing, embodied, powerful, kind, potent, uh, visionary. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say about it. And I am so blessed and so excited because I am here in her house. We are coming to you from her couch. This is, we were, we were internet friends. We were met, we were uh, connected through a mutual friend of ours and we have bonded and, and played together and 
been in service together and done healing work through, through the internets together for years, actually. And this is our first gathering just yesterday and today are our in-person things at work. And, uh, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her and then I'll just get you right in here. I mean, you can say something if you want, but we'll get you in here in a second. Sama Morningstar is a womb priestess devoted to bio-mystical embodiment, sensual expression as worship in the body temple of the goddess. Through my work, through her work, as a massage therapist, yoga and dance therapy instructor, herbalist, and poet, she helps women activate their creativity, recover from trauma through somatic healing, and grow their purpose in service and devotion to Mother Gaia. Let us dance together, integrate goddess womb guidance into the echo, eco, eco practicalities of life. Sama, welcome. Thank you, Sophia. I'm so happy to be here with you. So happy you're on my couch with me. I'm, I'm on your couch with you. It's really happening. Uh, yeah, we are here. It's, we could start so many places. I mean, we we've, we've had so many conversations and I feel like the thing that we are in the midst of right, like right now today that we've done together was to call and summon the temple. And so, because I think both of us are really, uh, called to do that in many ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for me, it's like, uh, I even have moments of like any which way I can get my hands on kind of way for me personally. I'm like, it's like, Oh, can we do that here? Can I, can I summon the temple here? Is this the right time and place mm-hmm. to do it? Uh, and so I want to share a little bit. We are, when this, when this episode drops, y'all are on this, getting this right now, we're going to be at the end of an incredible gathering that Sama has put together, the womb-centered healing temple, o- temple opening summit. summit. And um, we'll let you talk about what that is. But I have to say one more thing before I let you talk about it, okay. which is, uh, and so I was had the gift and the opportunity today to do opening ceremony mm-hmm. with Sama. Mm-hmm. And so we are in, we are, we have summoned together and, and we will, we are weaving, will be weaving as you get this, per, I think perpetually you and I are weaving mm-hmm. temple work. So that's, that's really real. So that's where we are. So tell, tell us about the womb centered healing temple. Mm. Well, first I want to say it's interesting energetically how the creation of the recording of this podcast is falling on this in within the, like we're recording it at the, on the opening day of the temple. And then the podcast will be released at the, uh, the opening day of the summit, the opening summit, and it'll be released at the end of the opening summit. But that's like the birth portal for the temple itself, Mm. the end of the summit, right? So the, the summit is like the labor Yes. Of birthing the temple. Yes. Where all of the beautiful speakers are coming together and telling their stories about womb-centered healing and coming together in the summit and blessing it with our stories of what womb-centered healing means to us, how it's woven through our lives personally and professionally, what is is yeah, what is womb-centeredness? in our healing process, in our journey, in our spiritual growth, in our bodies. And so I'll, I'll say a little bit about 
how this temple has called me to be its custodian, maybe midwife or at this midwife, exact moment, <laughs> priest, high priestess, yeah. midwife, custodian, yeah. all of it. The whatever role is is required. Um, mm. The most recent calling to do this and there are many backstories that we can dive into about being involved in numerous other temples that fell apart or were destroyed or you know in this lifetime and previous Mm -hmm. lifetimes right and that incessant longing for that temple space uh, and really naming and discovering the uh, my own womb centeredness in my growth and uh and life and body and passion and discovering that for myself and in in that discovery in that realization in that naming of my work as womb awakening work then finding other people that also call their work womb awakening or womb centered and beginning to circle with those who, who are recognizing and naming the centrality of the womb in our bodies and in the world and the importance of coming back to that recognition and that reverence for the womb as the center and the medicine, the crucial medicine that that is for us as as humans to return to that womb consciousness that womb centered mm-hmm. awareness and so as i have been naming that and owning that though that was preparing itself in me for many many years but in the last couple of years the name came and my womb was saying this is your work I'm going to give you the energy that you need to do this. Mm. My womb literally said to me, I can give you all the energy that you need to do this work. I woke up one morning and that was, those were the words that I heard very clearly. And so I said, all right, I'm going to follow that. Far be it to me to, to argue with that. Right. And so one thing led to the other, getting involved in circles of priestesses and, you know, going to some in-person circles. I was working online a lot because I like to live out in the woods. And here in California, you know, there's not a, not very many people out in the woods in California are are interested in talking about womb-centered healing, even my close girlfriends. They're trying to get me to not use the word womb when I first started sharing about it. That changed very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I can share that story later if you want. But that changed very quickly. <laughs> they they poked the wrong dragon on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, and then, you know, so trying to gather circles where I live, uh, it's a slow process. It's yeah. a slow process. So finding in-person circles, but 
finding online circles, this is a blossoming, growing focus because it's arising and women's wombs all over the world are arising and saying things like mine did to me. Yeah. And claiming the centrality of the womb in their in their lives. Not only women, but there are many men that are and non-gender identify whoever is like, wait a second, we've got to get back to the womb. We've got to heal the the wounding around our relationship with our mother's womb, with our own womb space. Yeah. Um, And this, we've got to reclaim the gifts of the womb. So it's happening all over. And so in the process of connecting with these online circles, but wanting to also be in person, I ended up on a pilgrimage to um, Avalon, Glastonbury in England, where I was going to be assistant teaching at a womb awakening workshop. I'd been to a teacher training in Hawaii the year before, and it awoken me this hunger for the sisterhood yeah, and the, and the brotherhood and kinship. The, the kinship yeah. Yeah. of, of coming together with fellow womb centered consciousness womb consciousness oriented people who in temple space okay where where we are in devotion to this this shift reorientation towards life generating and embodied living that right there just have to like yeah that that right there like we the summoning the calling the centrality the longing, the deep longing and call Mm -hmm. that we're sharing yeah, for the generative peacemaking, whole healing, trustworthy, intact. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're the immune system of humanity. Mm. Okay. So say more. Yeah. This is okay. If humanity is one body, Mm. And it's sick. Mm. It's soiling its own nest. It's writhing around in agony. It's got, you know, greedy parts that are devouring itself. That haven't learned to be in harmony with all the rest of everyone. We're the immune system. The womb-centered awakening, I feel. And there's other awakenings, too, that you know haven't necessarily named or called the womb-centeredness of it, but if they're truly life-generative, I would name them that. <laughs> Whether they claim that or not. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Just because yeah. that ecology, that bio centric understanding uh-huh. really embodies these ideas for me these these spiritual cos- cosmological ideas when when it's really embodied we begin to see oh our physicality our biology is a map yes for what's going on energetically emotionally spiritually and if we're truly embodying which is a shift 
in spiritual direction. You know, for me, a lot of practices, and I think for many of us in humanity in general, a lot of practices were taking us away from human suffering by escaping mm-hmm. and transcending and seeking after some other place, heaven, enlightenment, nirvana, something outside of, yeah. free of the, the, you know, cycle of life and death, which was considered to be the source of suffering. Well, right. That was like saying, if, if you have a womb, you're the source of sin. <laughs> That's like what was said for some time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say not just spiritual practice, but also in the coping, in the sickness, the, the going, you know, in the opposite direction or that pursuit out of the human form, I would say a lot of people, addiction in general yeah. is, a, is another way of, of, it's coping way of coping and coping with the pain and, mm-hmm. and escaping and embodiment is the antidote or the remedy or the the pathway mm-hmm. of, of healing disconnected spirituality and addiction. Mm-hmm. I'd be so bold to say. Yes. Yeah. And any real behavioral coping mechanisms, because you can have any range, a whole range. There's a whole range of addictive type behavior right. that any of us might have. I'm, I don't have to be hooked on Coke to have, you know, no addictions to behavior patterns or substances or whatever that are sort of a, a scab on my wounds that are holding the blood in and <laughs> holding my fluids in right. until I can weave those tissues together in a healthy way. <laughs> so again, the biological, the bio mystical, that's where that term comes from. Is like what happens in biology that we can actually see and feel and touch and taste and hear. And how is that a map to what's going on in our psyche? And I just keep returning to that. And that's my embodiment practice. That's my, so, so this idea of having a temple where we can all gather and practice this and share about this and teach each other and learn from each other and support each other in reclaiming this in in developing this in listening to this impulse and um, reclaiming the ancient practices of womb centered reverence and um it, requ- it requires a womb space to gather and feel protected and held in that. And that's what the temple space is. And so for me, being out here in the woods where even my closest girlfriends are like, womb, eh, mm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want, and then going and being with other womb-centered Womb cosmology embracing developed priestesses and practitioners and going, oh, what a relief. This is where I need to be. This is who I need to be with. So that on my pilgrimage, I was like, okay, what, how am I? And and the other aspect of it is, as I was trying to offer this work online without that kind of container, and the one group circle that I was studying with, the Fountain of Life, the 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 people who put that out, their womb awakening work, you'd love it. It's Seren and Az, Azra Bertrand, 
they put out a book last year called Womb Awakening. Mm -hmm. And before I ever saw that book or met them, I knew my work was called Womb Awakening. Right. But they don't claim ownership on that term. And so they created a scaffolding to build the temple. Mm. So I loved being in supported by their scaffolding. Yeah. But they're in the process of saying, okay, the temple foundations are built. We're removing the scaffolding. So now it's up to up to everyone to build each of our pillars of the temple. And so with that, I and and my experience of trying to be involved in other online communities and online business that would repeatedly reveal to me its alignment, even this, you know, spiritually oriented stuff, you know, coaches and things like that, how to help people online and like that. When I would get down to the bottom of the strategies that were being used, they were all founded in the narcissistic patriarchal patterns of psychological manipulation. And I have a BA in psychology. I know what many psychologists have studied and shared with marketers, what you're supposed to do. And they'll explain it to you right there in the trainings that this is what you're supposed to do. You psychologically manipulate people. And I, that doesn't feel like a temple to me. That doesn't feel like, uh, it feels like just rewounding the wound. And I don't feel like I can offer what I want to offer in those structures. So it, my deep longing to, and my inability to even do those things. Right. I hear you. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And, you know, I need to be and create something different than that. I want that temple space and that desire, that longing drew me. That that when you say that, like, I want that temple space, what it, what it reminds me, what it echoes in me is this conversation that we're like, we like this big, we, this big womb awakening conversation that we're having around the temple is this understanding that the temple that we build outside of us will only be the temple we're longing for mm -hmm. when we have restored and resurrected that temple within us. Yes. And that touches on the, what I shared before, that I have had many experiences of losing the temple, where the temple was destroyed, that I had to leave the temple, all of this, for whatever reason, it wasn't aligned anymore, I needed to go out on a mission, things burning down, you know. I could regale you with right. all of the temples that I've lost in this lifetime alone. Yeah. And in a meditation I did with that recently, what the wisdom I got from that is that we have to lose the temple to discover, or at least me, I have needed to lose the temple to receive the energy that the temp those temples were holding and integrate them and embody them in myself. And I, I feel you're absolutely right. We've been talking about building this temple, not only the temple space where we come together in 
ceremonial and medicine practice, also the temple of relationship. Right. Sacred union. Yes. Home, the temple of home, uh-huh. right? Either our own or together in a partnership or together in a community, right? A home temple, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that as we long for that and we embody that longing, so we have, we, it feels like we are called now to give ourselves that which we're wanting that external temple to give us. And so say it again. We uh, we need to give ourselves that which we're wanting the external temple to give us. Say it again. <laughs> we need. We shall. We, we shall, are. We are giving ourselves. Giving ourselves that which we want the external that temple which we want the external temple to, to give us. us, or that which we want the lover, the husband, the wife, to give us the child, the child, the parent, the parent, the teacher, the teacher. The plant, the money. That's right. The land, the building, the community, the community, the work, the purpose. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, we see it. Yay. 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 We see it. I, you know, I had this moment this summer with the, with the training ground and putting, inviting, building the training ground and inviting people to come into the training ground. And I would get these, um, very clear kind of assignment vision pieces of like, this is who to reach out to. This is what you need to say. Like, this is the trajectory. This is how you're going to invite people into this program. And then I would like have these moments. And then every day I would do what felt in alignment that day. And I, I, I would find myself, I don't know, every maybe three to five days, maybe about a week into it, I would start to get all antsy and, and anxious because I wasn't doing the things that I had made on the list to do, <laughs> right? I had this list of things to do to make it happen. And then I had what I was called to do every day. Mm-hmm. I said, I only called, I only texted, I only emailed the person or the people saying the thing that I, I felt like I could say or do in a moment, whether it scared me or didn't scare me, whether it was easy or hard, but it was called in a moment and aligned, I would do it. And if not, I wouldn't. And if I felt called to do it and I didn't do it, I would forgive myself for not doing it and move forward. And I would go through this cycle over and over again, where I'd have this, honestly, I think it was very much this, this, what we're talking, like the indoctrinated mm-hmm. process of like, I knew, I've been to the trainings. I knew all the things to do mm-hmm. to like get this program filled. Mm-hmm. And, but I, but thank goodness on a daily basis, when it came to actually implementing my decision factors, my course of action came, came day by day. Mm-hmm. what felt alignment. Right. And this happened from over the course of about two months, this was kind of happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I hit this point, um, at about two months where I really was quaking because I had a, this moment of just really not knowing if it would happen at all and where it was going to happen. And if I was, you know, this, this stories or notions of like right or wrong and kind of messing up, fucking it up, you know, all of, all of those notions. And I had this moment, it just rose so deep, so clear inside me that said, if, if I lost everything and like nothing happened and I got somehow got a bad name for myself, right? If it was like all went crumbling down, 
And yet I knew that every day I just took aligned action. It would be worth it. I would be safe. The temple would be intact. Mm -hmm. And that if I did any of those supposed tos, Mm -hmm. I would be building a foundation to do the training ground on top of that I didn't want. Mm -hmm. And and that in fact, I was refusing Mm -hmm. to do, Mm -hmm. that I refused Mm -hmm. to do it. And it was this great kind of quaking, cracking open moment mm-hmm. of going like, oh yeah, no, not the foundation. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it really, I'm, that's not like, that's not getting people here is not the thing yeah. doing, you know, making the invitations, doing what I'm called to do, sharing myself, all the medicines of how I show up in the world. That's what's really important about this. And people can come and go in their freedom, in their autonomy, in their own right time. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I realized, which I'm sure is happening, like no doubt happening for you too, is that I was getting responses from people saying that my invitations, the quote unquote marketing material, right? Like the, what I was putting out was activating and medicine in and of itself. Yes. It just the messages for it was medicine. Mm -hmm. And the truth was that a number of people were really just integrating the medicine of what I was sharing around it as a Mm -hmm. thing. And that needed to happen way before even the question of like, is it the right place or time for me to do it? Right. You know, and so to slow down and really respect myself, my own body, what feels right, what doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. without excuse, without justification and to really respect that I'm in the sacred temple in this relationship mm-hmm. with people. Like when we're called to create a space that is an answer to one's prayers, mm-hmm. our own prayers and prayers prayed by others, mm-hmm. everything we have to unravel to keep that in a prayer space mm-hmm. is everything that we collectively like have to unravel mm-hmm. To keep our life in a prayer space, to to rebuild the foundation of our world in a sacred, awakened way, mm-hmm. it's it is the practice, it is the mm-hmm. the medicine, and it's it's a slow. It can be. It can seem slow. <laughs> it can seem slow. We're talking okay. right, but it's because it's if we too. go back to biomystical awareness, yeah. If you look at the body, okay, the brain and so-called conscious awareness and all the things that happen without conscious awareness in the body. Right. And the things that are you are consciously aware of, like you're aware of the things that you see, you smell, you taste, you touch, you're aware when you're hungry, you're somewhat aware when you're breathing, more or less. All um, to varying degrees at various times for various people. Yes. yes. And you're aware, maybe aware of your heartbeat sometimes if you're really listening. Um, many people aren't aware of anything going on in their body until they have a pain. Yes. Right. Um, but so we're aware of certain sensations in our bodies. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on <laughs> that we're not even aware of. A whole heck of a lot. Yeah. And we get little glimpses of it in our dreams. I mean, 
our brain, that conscious awareness mm. part of the brain is one, a little tiny strip that right. makes up about 5% of the mass of our brain. My numbers might not be exactly scientifically accurate. Right. Do your own research. It's in that ballpark between 5 and 10% of our brain yeah. is the physical mass of the brain that's responsible for what we're consciously awareness aware of. Like where we cognate. Where we cognate, yeah. where we think to ourselves, oh, wow, I feel my breath breathing. Mm. Or, oh, wow, there's a pain in my elbow. Or, mm. gosh, I really feel hungry right now, and I'm aware of that, so I'm going to go and move my body and make some food. Right. right. That leaves <laughs> how much? Do the math. 90, 90 to 95%. To 95% of all of our brain matter that's doing all kinds of things. Right. It is doing things. That we are right. not aware of. We get little glimpses in our dreams. We get glimpses when we do practices like, you know, that take us into different brainwaves, frequencies. So that's why things like meditation, shamanic journeying, um, body-centered somatic practices, we begin to heighten our sensitivity and heighten our awareness and our ability to feel and sense that activating all of our senses. And we can go into that more, but... A lot of that, even still, even when we are adept practitioners, hmm. most of the time, most of it's going on without our conscious awareness. So yeah. biomystically speaking, that means the same is occurring right. everywhere else in our lives. Emotionally, our emotional healing process, our creativity process. Hmm. Look at the womb for the creativity process okay we get inspired by a co-creator it's usually how it happens right wow look at that person they're really hot <laughs> let's make a baby right yeah. let's make something with yeah. that person yeah. it doesn't have to be a baby but the, right, right, using right. the biomystical right, 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 you know right. let's make a thing let's make a thing right let's do a thing let's make a thing there's this whole courtship. Right. Everybody agrees. Yeah, we're going to make a thing. Yeah. Ideally. Right. <laughs> As we know. That's what we're, that's the world where we're building. That's so the world yes, we're that's building. Where we okay. Are. Ideally. Yeah. That's how it's sort of designed to work. Sanely. Right? Yeah. We get together in this big, lovely, orgasmic, sensual Ooh. experience. <laughs> Some things happen. A seed is planted. Yes. And then it's in the darkness. Right. <laughs> yeah. And if you're really sensitive, you might be aware something's happening in the darkness. Yeah. I've got a secret. Yeah. And for whatever it is, if it's a baby, we kind of have a rough idea of the time frame of that. Right. And there's times when... Uh, you know, a mother will feel a quickening in yeah. the womb yeah. where there, but there's all this, I mean, a gazillion things are happening in there. Right. Without our awareness, nothing of planning or on this day, the cells are going to divide in this way. Right. Yeah, and we're on not this doing day, that. Yeah. the heart is Dark going cognition. to develop and start beating. And on this day, the fetus is going to look like a fish and start swimming. And on it, no, there is no, you're only just 
recently developing, you know, devices where we can measure and see these things medically. And it's this whole like, wow, look what we're discovering about what's going on in there. But biologically, we're not designed to know what's going on Mm -hmm. as things are being created. So for me, aligning how my offering of this calling into the world in a way that sustains me. Yeah. Like my womb said, I will give you all the energy that you need. It needs to be sustaining and, and aligned with all of that. There's all this mysterious stuff that's happening, not to my conscious awareness. Mm. So making plans, I showed you my fancy planner. I bought, (laughs) I filled out, March. <laughs> and so surrendering for me to, to this, okay, there are mysterious gestational forces that yeah. are happening. There's all these things that are happening outside of my knowledge, my ability to plan or make choices about. Right. All I can do is put one foot in front of the other, ask for guidance, ask for support. Right. And ask what I'm supposed to be doing each day, each moment, and trust that exactly what I feel to do in each moment is exactly what needs to happen. Yes. I love it. And what awakens in me as you say that is this like, this element of like, well, what about the yang? And what about the masculine? And what about the container? And what about the structure? And and immediately being answered with like, yeah, that's like, make sure you're fed, use your body. Mm-hmm. Like, these, it's like when that generative, dark, creative, like exceptionally subtle beauty active, that there is actually much for us to do, but it is, you said it with the support piece, which is not to like make the creation happen. Mm-mm. It's to support our well being, mm-hmm. And that makes the creation happen. Right? right. So feeding ourselves, resting ourselves, laughing, taking care of ourselves, taking care of others, mm-hmm. right? That those are nourishing ways and, and that, that taking care of can, can be incredibly practical and, and predictable mm-hmm. in a way yeah. that a plan can be very, very constructive for, mm-hmm. right? Like making all the food for the week on Sunday, if you know, you know, or if you don't know, if you know what your week is going to include, or you don't know what your week is going to include that there are ways in which we can kind of have those aspects where uh, a structure or a plan is constructive or scaffolding or um, pillars mm-hmm. in that. So that was just like, yeah. And, and this balance, because, um, you know, in say back to the biological, biomystical model, if we're really talking about creating a baby in the womb well guess what there's someone else involved in that that is providing essential pieces of the puzzle usually although there are myths and stories about um what's the name of it when someone immaculate conception or fertilizing your own egg fertilizing your own something genesis parthenogenesis i'm not sure i've the amazon ladies I believe in it. Yes. Okay. I'm outing myself right now. Yes. <laughs> I'm outing myself. I've always, but in any case there's, you know, but so whether we're doing that or we're in a partnership with someone, there is the feathering the nest instinct that happens whether you're a single mom or you have a partner, 
there is an there is an actual thing where suddenly everything you want to do is about preparing for this baby right to be born right and there that there's nothing you have to plan about that that's going to happen that's when that happens and i find that mm. to be true in all of my planning yeah. and so for me in order to have an online business right. which i've been studying about how to do and bring this into the world into this worldwide community it needed to be in alignment with this biomysticism but i couldn't find any like trainings for how to do an online business this way yeah so i said all right well i'm just gonna stop trying to get a training about mm. it and the closest i came was a wonderful coach that that um worked with me on working out how to do lots of collaborative projects. So hence, here I am with you on the podcast. Here you are at my house helping us, right? So when we collaborate together, that, you know, brings us together and we learn how to care for each other. We learn how to care for ourselves and we support each other in, in our endeavors in a real caring way. And that's, that's a beautiful approach. And there's all this, like, okay, so then how do I show up for that in this like online business thing I'm supposed to be? And then how is it sustained me? And I don't know. So I went on this pilgrimage and I went to the glass, they went to the chalice well in Glastonbury and I took jars of my menstrual blood as an offering. And if you've never been to the chalice well, it's this beautiful world peace garden built around the spring that comes out and turns everything red. So mm -hmm. The water actually is kind of like the menstrual blood of Mother Earth. You mm. can taste the iron in it. Mm. People drink it medicinally. Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful gardens. I just wanted to hang out there. Beautiful flow form fountains with the water flowing down. Several different places where you could get, you know, be with the water where it's flowing. And so I put, I had little jars of my menstrual blood and went around the whole place and there are little statue goddess statues all around and I went to each of the goddess statues and gave an offering of my blood and and um trees big trees and, and I had recorded a meditation on the tour which is the sort of the the big thing poking up into the sky um <laughs> mm. so mm -hmm. have the, we have the flowing <laughs> feminine juices and we've got the the tour right nearby. And so I went up Excellent. there and I created the structure of my meditation up on the tour by recording a, a meditation for myself about what am I supposed to do? What are my next steps? How, what am I creating? What's wow. happening? Yeah. How am I supposed to proceed? I've come to this place where I've got some lovely things. I got some not going to do that things. <laughs> How do I weave this together? So I created this meditation, gave my blood at the sacred site, lay down below this tree, start listening to the meditation. 30 seconds in, my notebook's out, and I'm just writing page after page after page of instructions about creating the, the womb-centered healing temple, doing an online summit. And this is who you invite to talk. And this is it. And so the thing is, the... It's, it wasn't a plan though. It was divine inspiration. It was divine inspiration. And actually then, okay. So I went up again back 
and took another few pages of notes at another time. I received all this information. When I got home from my trip, I put a lot of things in motion and started reaching out to people. And it, the, like, I didn't plan out everything though. And I'm glad I didn't because I would have scrapped most of that plan. In fact, the things that I did think that I was planning out or that I sort of made them, I had to scrap those because it had to become in alignment. Like I had this whole idea of what it would be like to have collaborative members of the temple. And I, I wrote out this whole thing, agreements that, that everyone would have to come into the temple and had that there when I was inviting people to be guest speakers. And that was like offering somebody a marriage license to sign when I was first meeting them. <laughs> right. And so it was like, wait a second, there needs to be a courtship if you're going to really develop these kinds of partnerships. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed with this work, even, you know, with, with clients or collaborators, we develop these rich, deep, intimate relationships over time that keep blossoming into more collaborations, deeper healing processes that we get to do together. And it's just this natural thing. So any kind of, even in in the work that I do with clients, I feel like it doesn't really fit to offer a set program for for people's um, healing process with the womb awakening work. Now it works to do that for a group program Mm -hmm. where people are free to participate. That's priced in a way that it feels okay. If you miss some of the things or you don't do all of the things, but for private one-to-one sessions, it doesn't really work to do that. I find so yeah. people who charge high ticket prices for a program of one-to-one healing sessions that have to all happen within a certain period of time, for me, that feels like, okay, what happens if I get so much from one session that it's going to take me a whole year to really embody and integrate all of that. And anything more that you give me in subsequent sessions is just seeping out the holes Mm. because I'm so full with that one session. Mm. Then I've just spent all this money and Mm. I'm not able to receive everything. Mm. So there's a natural sense that I'm that I'm realizing that a lot of these, you know, programs that teach you how to do an online business like this, or even an in person business of, you know, the way you make money doing these kinds Mm -hmm. of things is you have a set program where you charge a certain amount of money for this many sessions. And you say you're going to get from here to here in this period of time, and they're going to pay you this much money. Uh It don't work like that. No, I will say because I do have my one on one is like a that's a it's a, you know, like a high ticket yeah, yeah. one-on-one. And mm-hmm. I, what I, what, where that came from, it was, it's so funny because so what the experience that I had for me was like, oh, the, like, you just, this happens organically when it happens organically. Mm-hmm. And then you just tell people how to make it happen, even when it's not happening. Uh-huh. Because like I designed lots of things and offered them and this and that or whatever. And like, kind of worked, didn't work. But now I've been practicing for over 15 years Mm -hmm. 
And the offer that I make, right, is what after I've done years and years and years and years in which I did not formula. I did not formula. Right, for, right, right. I, for uh-huh. like t- 10 plus years, I did not formula. I was just with people, with people, with people. And after years of experience, there you go. I found the, the piece that I contribute. Yes. To someone else's journey. Sure. So I'm like a referral queen. When people work with me, I'm like, you best get out your planner and your checkbook because I'm going to be sending you to a lot of places right. depending on the other elements that you bring forth. There's an element that I offer mm-hmm. like into a space. And I definitely, and one of the biggest things that I tell people when they come is like, I cannot guarantee you what you're going to get out yes. of this. That's yeah. like a hundred percent it. And there is this, and I say all of that. And it's like the work that I do with people is entirely personalized. There is just a structure that mm-hmm. came with it. And I resisted doing that for a long time. And what I know now though, is I wasn't in resistance. I was developing. in, I was in wisdom. Yeah. You know, I wasn't in resistance mm-hmm. to packaging it. And, and it, um, and what I did, what, why my transition was I did eventually do some packaging in terms of like, you know, do this ascent of time, this sessions in this amount of time. And I really learned to see what it was to have some, con- the power of mm-hmm. container. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, that was really useful for people. So it's like, so it's been really, and I do, I often wonder if, and when that offer is going to change, expire and expire, <laughs> expire or change, right. right. Or the whole model goes yeah, out the yeah. window or does it, cause it wouldn't be the first or the last time that that happens, you know? Yeah. And in that space, but you know, and it's, is that notion of like, you know, this piece, but it's also huge what you're saying, which is that in many ways, what I offer is an in-person ceremony-based experience mm-hmm. and then just integration. Yeah. That's the framework that I use is mm-hmm. like, basically I just do very intense ceremony with you and then make sure you have three months of, you know, 12 weeks of support. Mm-hmm. as you bridge. And I teach about it in the trimesters too, mm-hmm. that to get you through that first trimester. Mm-hmm. And some people will, you know, continue to work with me for the second or third or fourth trimester. But a lot of the time, by the time they get into that second trimester, there, there may be other things that are more appropriate mm-hmm. for them because it's there, it's there, it's taken hold yeah. in a lot of ways. And so now it's about bringing that bringing that shift all the way into being. Right. And so, so I think there's so, so much of what you're saying is so resonant mm-hmm. with my, me and my experience and the work. Right. And there is just this, like, there is this one piece of just like, yeah, it was like really not right until it was, until it was exactly until it right. Was right. It's saying, so it sounds like for me, I'm in this development phase of, you know what, that, type of structure just doesn't work with the kind of work that I'm doing. I'm in this process of developing what it is. Like you said, you got to this point where it gelled into that structure and having the space to do that is really what I need. And, and the message I was getting is that this temple space, Mm. create this temple space. Yeah. And this will give you the, womb to gestate Mm. that maybe yeah maybe and like maybe like and maybe never like you know what I mean like maybe that's not that will never be your my way yeah like who knows who knows I work some of my practitioners that I work with no way would never work in a package model nope I call them at two o'clock they call me back at four 
you know, they're like, I, you know, like that's just like, you know, or they pick up at 1130 at night and they say, yeah, sure. I can talk now, you know? So it's like, you know, and I have other practitioners that I got to book weeks, sometimes months in advance. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, so, and the reason I work with those different people is because they're so true to who they are and they're yeah. true to the work that they give and, and the work that they, they weave with me, the way that right. I can work with them, right? you know? So, and that's me, that's my like eclectic, that trustworthy. I don't need it to be a certain way, but. And I love that. And it just proves to me what I was feeling is mm. that I, and, and that by guidance I keep getting, which yeah. is hard to hear. Like you've got to create your own structure. That's going to feel totally true to you. You've got to listen to your own guidance and do what feels right and true in each step because nobody's program or system nope. is going to work. Nope. For you, it's yes. you have to create your own program and system. And <sighs> at the same time, we can have support along the way and inspiration and, yes. you know, conception and, and all of these things that we can do together. So, so, so that's how this temple began. And it feels to me like it's something I'm creating, but it's also something that I'm being gifted. Mm. It's something that has been gifted to me saying, mm-hmm. you love to do this. You love to do these interviews here, create this online temple, connect with all these people, have this project you can pour yourself into, create this space, create this temple. Mm. And from that will develop what you're supposed to do and will naturally behind the scenes without you consciously having to plan it or know it. Right. It's just going to naturally occur that... <sighs> you know, your people that you're supposed to work with are going to show up. They're going to be drawn to this fun magnetic project and they will be there. And you just, this gives you all these things. The temple is just this huge gift to me. And it's a way of me embodying the energy of all the temples that I lost Mm. and weaving it together into my own inner temple. And what I love about the online world is that it, there's all this freedom to create it however you want without having to like pay rent for a physical building or purchase a piece of property for a whole bunch of money or, you know, yeah, there's some investment, but the online world, I, I have members in the temple from all over the world. Yeah. I mean, in our opening ceremony, we had someone in Sardinia holding space with us, which is a little island off the coast of Italy. We had someone in Mexico. Mm-hmm. We had uh, people who I don't even know where they're from. They didn't really share and introduce themselves, yeah. which is fine. They were just wanting to receive and, and be there. This is their initial introduction to this space we had other people in northern california and you know then we have sophia the the wandering nomad who's bringing all energies from everywhere so you know so it provides this this openness this freedom of creativity that's that's such a gift too and um so yeah so that's that's the creation of the temple and then the idea is after this summit there will be ongoing opportunities for for um, us to collaborate and create events, offerings, ceremonies, courses even, and 
and uh, future summits. And it's just sort of a platform for me to do these collaborative online events that I love. And it's a training ground for me and anyone that I'm involved with. What does it mean to collaborate? What does it mean to apply these ethics into our business models? What does it mean to a to grapple with and mm. and evolve through some of the big challenges that are going on around, say, sexual healing yeah. and and um, you know womb healing in general, where you know leaders have been shown to have their ethics be called into question, and what does it mean to really heal that together collectively, yeah. and you know all these big questions, and what does it mean to be involved in our communities? and serve in practical ways. Right. Um, translate the language. Translate, right. Concepts. How can we support each other to yeah. do that? Nourish ourselves together yeah. in this temple environment that we're longing for so that then we can go to our my circle of girlfriends who still kind of cringe at the word womb and translate and share and be with whatever wherever they're at. Yes. Will you tell us your my will not be silenced womb story? My my will not be silenced, silenced womb, womb story. story. Where you like the cringe like you were like they poked the wrong dragon. Oh yes. So um I brought together my uh recent most recent women's circle because I really needed that and I I gathered my most nourishing lady friends at my home. And we were just going to have a simple sharing circle. And when my turn to share came, I shared about my womb awakening work and how I was excited about it and some of the challenges and this and that. And then when it came time for them to give me feedback, they all said three out of the five women, five, including me, said I don't know if you really need to use the word womb you know this reason and that reason and this and that I'm making a face with big eyes in case you podcast listeners (laughs) and my jaw is slightly dropped and I've got this look on my face like what and so one of them is my closest friend and I was like flabbergasted. Yeah. I I said, okay, thanks. And then that was the end of our store, our circle that time. And then within the two weeks between that first one and the second one, or maybe it was the second one. And then the third one, my closest friend came over and, and I said, why did you think I shouldn't use the word womb? And she said, oh, something about the Catholic Church and that prayer, the fruit of thy womb. I said, that's the best thing about the Catholic Church. (laughs) And I just like, let her have it. (laughs) And I told her every reason why we need to reclaim that word. And and she put literally put her hands up like this and said, well, okay, I get it. Absolutely. By the end of me, you know, Uh she was just like. Okay, I hear you. You need to use the word womb. It's going to happen. You're going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more about it. And then we got together for the next women's circle. And I didn't say anything to anyone, but they started, women started sharing. And the first woman start to share, starts talking about her daughter and this 
thing between them and you know it's, it's like deepening into this space with it and I said you know that's in my feedback with her you know that's really related to to the whole womb thing you know and she said oh I know I know you don't have to tell me I got it and the other one did too like she was like saying a similar story and I'm like you know that's the whole womb thing oh I know we got it we totally got it we're not saying another word about that Woo! so it was like in their lives like shifted did something <laughs> and woke up their awareness about that like their wombs said <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, I've had that. My womb has done that. has made that exact commentary to me before. Right. It's like, did you really just say that? Do you think I'm not here right now? Yeah. I did just hear you. You sure you want to keep saying that? To which I'm like, nope. No, uh, no. Nope. Sorry. No, that's not what I meant yeah. to say. I, yeah. What I meant to say was something different. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, but you know, the, and there's story upon story about that embodied integration that happens when we reorient to womb-centered awareness of like, wait a minute, this is where we came from. We can try and ignore it, but then we're going to be sick and crazy and dead eventually. Yeah. And so each of us who end up orienting in that way realize, wait a second, I can't kick around my roots, Mm. ignore my roots. I can't, disconnect from this source of life within me. Mm. And that goes for women, men, non-binary, whomever. There's a gazillion different genders. I I gave a talk about that many, many years ago. I think seven or 11 different genders that you can recognize biologically. And then there's all kinds of variations on that as well. So we could so that so that so how do we talk about that anyway everyone yeah has yeah. that connection yeah to womb to yeah. the great womb to the mm. womb of gaia to the cosmic womb the source of life you know i mean and we've disconnected we've disowned mm-hmm. we've dishonored Mm. and there's a lot of theories one theory about why we would do such a silly thing Mm. such a self-destructive and not sustainable thing as a species yeah and um you know there's there's stories about like a big trauma early on in human development as a species, mm. like asteroid hitting the planet, and creating a shift in the axis so that suddenly there's not food everywhere year round for everyone. Mm. A major cataclysmic thing. So that there's books on that kind of mm. thing where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so if you think about what happens to an individual when there's a big trauma and the kinds of unhealthy coping mechanisms that we come up with when we haven't had the time and space to resolve that trauma for ourselves. 
you said coping mechanisms earlier, and I thought about this, and you're saying it again now, which is that the very phrase coping mechanism is indicative of a position in which you are not changing the circumstance. Right. So coping mechanisms, which are holy and blessed and a a gift that we have them. They're band-aids. Yeah. They're incredible. And that to, to let coping as coping mechanisms be where they are, have their place and to recognize that the process of changing or addressing the circumstance or the causal situation or any of those things, it first of all may be entirely unrelated to the behavioral patterns, sometimes at times contrary, but at best sometimes unrelated to the coping mechanisms at work. To just remember as we're looking at like pattern, collective behavioral coping mechanisms, cultural coping mechanisms, that when we're looking at, well, we can't do this because this is the way that it is. And it's like, well, the way that it is, is coping, mm-hmm. right? And to recognize that like, okay, we can look at that and acknowledge that and tend that in a way and to recognize it to make a strategy or to birth a new reality that doesn't need the coping. Mm-hmm. So just, I don't know, there's something about that. Yeah, there is something about that. And, and it goes back to the scab, the coping mechanism is just like the ego scab on the wounding. So humanity is, is right now uh, suffering from some deep wounding from some ancient trauma. And recent. And recent trauma. But there's when someone's traumatized, they perpetuate the same trauma over and over again, right? So some life-threatening for the whole species trauma. This is a theory. I'm with you. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And all of our death-oriented, self-destructive coping mechanisms that don't really generate new life were just sort of the scab. Mm the coping mechanism that that collectively arose to address that trauma and underneath that unbeknownst to our conscious thinking collective agreement because there's a collective agreement that this coping mechanism is what we need to do right and this we're gonna hold on to that that's right and make sure that nobody wants to do anything different gets to Yes. And re-perpetuate that trauma over and over again to keep that coping I'm, mechanism I'm going. I'm unlisted from that agreement contract. I'm Me no too. longer on I'm that contract. Not because we, <laughs> we, there yes. are plenty of humans yes. in the species yes. that are actually involved in what's happening underneath the scab. That's right. Of rebuilding and reweaving and generating life in those tissues so that the scab will then fall off when it's no longer needed. So that to me feels like a life generative way of formulating what's going on here. And because it can very be be very easy to fall back into this. Oh my God, we're on the brink of death. Let's, you know, let's re-traumatize ourselves in all the various ways that we do thinking that we're helping the situation. Panic, urgency, Mm -hmm. um, quick fixes, Mm -hmm. uh, band-aids. Rip the scab off. Rip the scab off, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the different ways. Yeah. And so instead of saying... You know, and recognizing that there are some degree of like wounds festering that sometimes there are ones that you reopen. 
you reopen and clean them out, you clean them out, and you need a functioning immune system for that. To, you know what I mean? Like right. that, or that, like all of the things. Like the metaphor continues in its integrity. Is right because it's not a metaphor. Right. It's what <laughs> it's, we're living. It's what we're living. It's and, how we're right. And so some people have really strong medicine. Yeah. You know, I carry a lot of blades. Yeah. And so that, and that takes a lot of responsibility. Sure does. You know, a doctor who's going to do a surgery, who is very much, if who's in integrity really needs to feel, is this really necessary? Right. Or is this convenience or part of some other thing? I mean, I'm going through this right now on my leg. I've got some poison oak medicine. Look at that. Look at it's that. Amazing. It's doing great. <laughs> that was so real. Uh, yeah. This, uh, and I got some stuff in there and I was using plants to just keep uh, using essential oil blend to just disinfect the infection. And then I got here and you give me more plants to work with and mm-hmm. it's just drying up. The infection is, the inflammation has gone way down. Mm-hmm. And there was that piece in there that was, there was something lodged that needed to come out, but I knew I was just listening to my body. Just, I knew my friend was like, don't pick at it. And I was like, no, 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 this part needs, needs to get, to come out. this yeah. part needs to come out. That stuff. And you're right. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's true. Like that's what that is. And the watching that and, and, you know, watching it heal and being with that. And also like biomystical aspect of like, you know, it's healing really well. It's been, you know, it's been a week. And the way that our brain can look at a week being so long. Mm-hmm. But with poison oak, so, a week is quick. Right. And so quick. Like yeah. a week can be so, mm-hmm. so fast. So, um, yeah, especially because things like this often take a couple days even to kind of really show their, show their colors. Um, I have two closing questions. Okay. That I like to pose. Is there anything before I steer us in closing Closing direction land. I think we covered a lot. We did cover. We covered a lot. We really took some journeys here. Um, uh, the, my second to last question is: People want to find you. They mm-hmm. want to play with you more. They want to know more about the work. They want to go join us for the summit. My um, my interview with Sama is actually um, just going up right now. If you join the summit, you can watch her and I really get into some womb womb story. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure about the timing of that. So if you don't, you, you, you should be able to, even if you join the summit and it's the day after Sophia's in your interview is released, it'll be available for three days. So you'll land in the window and then I'll have one day towards the end of the summit where all of the videos will be available again, the interviews and other things. So put together a massive collection. So, so tell people where you are in this on social media or. Yeah. Or so I'm the or... only Sama Morningstar on Facebook, except oh. for this guy in Nigeria with a sideways photo. Okay. So you'll be able to tell. Sama S A. Well, you'll see it on the, on the podcast. S A M A space Morningstar. Morningstar. And um, you can also find me at Sama Morningstar.com which is also the same as wombcenteredhealing.com. Wombcenteredhealing.com is you. Yes. All right. So you'll land in the same place uh, with either one of those. Right now where you land is the sign up for the summit page with um, a lovely slideshow of all of the speakers and their topics. And those weren't planned. Those arose out of our conversation about each person's individual 
uh, womb-centered healing journey. And video preview interviews, so you get a little taste of of that. <clears throat> so that's a great way to connect. And then you'll be sort of in the door with the temple when you sign up to hear about future events and offerings. Great. So that's the best place. Okay. All right. Um, so the, the question is, mm. we're birthing a new world. Mm-hmm. We're birthing, we're birthing this reality, mm-hmm. this temple, this place, mm-hmm. and it is internal and it's external. Mm-hmm. My question is, what does it look like? Like what's like, like, like we're in this, we're in this labor, we're in this process, like, like vision, like if we're on the bridge, what's on the other side of the bridge? What's something that we'll see, that we'll hear, that we'll taste, that we'll know, that we'll experience and go, yes. What does it look like? Sometimes I think of the phrase, if you don't know where you're headed, you'll end up where you're going. Mm -hmm. And so where are we headed? Well, Where are Isn't we? where we're headed and where we're going the same place? I mean, it's a play on words, but okay. the idea is, <laughs> but like the idea, right. It's like you and I have been deep in this place of like, there's no not going there. Right. Like we're like deep. The path is only one path. Yeah. That's where we're going. So, so for, for, yeah, for that place of like, what, what is that new world? What is it? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? Like paint, paint the picture, um, remind us, share with us. What is that? Um, and it can, I mean, it, it can, and it is like a lot. I imagine what you're going to bring to us right now is something that you, that is here in you. You know, what's coming up for me to describe that is for us to just imagine what it was like being a, a baby in our mother's womb mm. and not necessarily the experience we had in our mother's womb because she may have been very likely was under a lot of stress and we were bathing in a lot of stress hormones and like that. But imagine if she was fully prepared for and supported in her gestational process, fully honored and revered for the miracle of being able to gestate and grow a new life within her. If her every need was met and she was fully relaxed and knowing that she was loved and honored and revered for that. And she loved and honored and revered herself for that in all ways and all levels and there you are inside of your mother's womb who feels that way about herself and all she wants to do is connect with you and love you and her whole body is bathing you in rich nourishing nectar you're surrounded in you're breathing in delicious amniotic fluid that has all the different flavors of your mother's ecstatic 
living experiences. You're hearing the sounds of the loving interaction she's having with everyone in her life. You're seeing the changes in light, feeling her body's joy and bliss at holding you, feeling her, hearing her loving voice and intonation when she refers to or speaks directly to you or listens to you, feeling her receive your awakening consciousness, your ensoulment, feeling her honor this sacred portal of your spirit coming into physical form in her ceremonies and her blessing and all of her friends and family members blessing this sacred portal that you're passing through and every developmental phase that you're going through. And then she gives birth to you in a beautiful orgasm into the loving arms of the community that supported her in that way. And the story goes on, but I could be telling this story for a couple hours because then there's the 40 days or so after she's given birth to you where her whole community is feeding her and nurturing her and you. She doesn't have to leave your side for one second. And she's held and you're held. And everyone is revering this miracle of your birth and welcoming you into this world. And re-nourishing your mother's body in this window of time in which she has the capacity to heal every future physical ailment that she might have because the power of her womb's healing process after birth can be applied to everything in her life. And she's supported and nourished by everyone around her to do so, so that she has the vitality to mother you in the beauty and love and power that you deserve to be mothered. And she has the power to fully transmit through her womb your full embodiment of your soul. And then everything radiating out from that moment that facilitates that. Everything required in that community, in that society, in that world that would provide that for not just one birth, but every birth. And that, 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 those births, that radiates back through the generations as well. So just us imagining this is coming from somebody who's experienced that in the future, a descendant. We've already succeeded in birthing this new world. He's transmitting this vision, this experience to us to guide us. And we have much work to do. 
and much of it's happening without our planning or <laughs> doing anything. <laughs> but what we take each step of the way, each step that we take. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Thank you for the blessing and the calling. We're in a time right now, keep hearing, hearing this and seeing this, and it's the answer to a number of questions that have come to me. It's been a lot of um, references to like deja vu or um, meeting people and, and um, people being like, I just really feel like I know these people. I keep meeting these people. I know these people. So we're in a time where um, our dreams are coming true. And so we dreamt this and now we're here mm -hmm. and even the dream was a memory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you for remembering and dreaming. I wonder if when we go to sleep, we embody our future selves and dream back. <sighs> We could really geek out with time travel oh, yeah, on this dude. one. Time travel. <laughs> oh, thank you, Salma. Thank you for your blessings. Thank yeah. you for your work. Thank you for your wisdom. Oh, thank, thank you, you for your womb. Thank you for your sisterhood, mm. your kinship, your hospitality, mm. uh, your delicious soup, your plants, mm. your, your medicine in many forms. Mm. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, beloved, for listening. Thank you for sitting with Salma and I and taking the time to weave and remember and dream and ask questions and get curious and, and give blessings and honoring to your temple and the resurrection and the remodeling and the, the process that's alive in you. As always, I'm happy to hear from you. So, so reach out. So be well and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com.
Y'all know you need to hear that though. <laughs> you know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about vagina talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.